0: For your support, it's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith, Thursday, February twenty second, twenty eighteen. We're going to be doing Prophecy Open Mic today, but we're not going to glory of Zion to do it. A little bit weird. Details forthwith. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough, and I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. And we take the time to open up God's Word to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, (laughs) self-appointed apostles and apostolates, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complexes, those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying and whose small group curricula we should be studying Instead of the Word of God, yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine, that's teaching that's put forward for Christian consumption, is far from biblical, far from what God's Word says. It's like not even close to what Christians have historically believed, taught, confessed, been martyred for. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to see (laughs) all the Christian martyrs of Christian history, uh, those who've Gone to uh, an untimely death, giving witness to the word of faith prosperity heresy. Yeah, they, they just don't exist. Yeah, people who believe in the prosperity heresy have not signed up to suffer. No, 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 no. They, they've signed up to give money in order to buy a miracle from God so they can be wealthy. Anyway, you get the idea. So this is a compare and contrast program. Uh, we try to have a little bit of fun along the way. There's no point in doing a program like this, which is dark in its material. It really is. Uh, and uh, without at least ha- adding a little levity to it. Otherwise, I think we'd all be losing our minds. Maybe I have already. I, I just don't know. So, uh, like I said at the beginning of the program today, uh, we will definitely be doing a Prophecy Open Mic, but we're not going to be doing it in the normal place. Uh, Normally, when we do Prophecy Open Mic here at Fighting for the Faith, we go to Glory of Zion. This is where the Apostle, you have to put that in air quotes, um, the Apostle Chuck Pierce holds court. And uh, it's been a while since we've been able to actually update anyone on any of the prophetic words coming from Gloria Zion and Chuck Pierce's outfit because they haven't been updating their website. Yeah, so we just we currently don't have access to that. So, we're you know, we've uh, had to scour the web to find other places for a prophecy open mic and of all the places that we found it. We found it at Catherine Runala's Glory City Church out there in Brisbane, Australia. And uh, so we're going to head over to Brisbane and listen to uh, part of their Vision Sunday nonsense. <laughs> I don't know else to describe it. And uh, we'll be hearing from several different people uh, who will be giving words of one form or another. Uh, that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, then we're going to check in. With uh, the apostle self-appointed, uh, Cindy Jacobs. Uh, she was recently at a prophetic conference in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, so you know we'll we'll just kind of add her into the mix as far as our <laughs> our update there. Uh, you know, then to to add even insult to injury, uh, we're going to play part two of Eric Dykstra's. Sermon series Love Shack, uh, where he claimed, remember last week, he claimed that uh, John chapter 2, the story of the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee, reveals for us the secret sauce of how to have a successful marriage. And last week he was talking about Jesus giving us relationship advice. I did not know that Jesus was a relationship guru. Um, somewhere in all of this, we're going to have to take a break, no clue where it's going to fall. And, uh, we'll round out our number one with a, uh, a, a message from TD Jakes. And, uh, the name of the message is, um, Eagles make love in the air. Mm-hmm. I, I did not make that up. Uh, he's been, uh, preaching through a recent book of his that he published And uh, so we're going to learn really some important Christian doctrine based upon the mating practices of eagles, and uh, I I wish I was making that up. Hour number two, going to do something I don't do very often, and that is is that uh, I'm going to review a sermon cold. That is, I have not previewed it, so I don't know where it's going to go, but we're going to head to Hillsong Church uh, out in Sydney, Australia. And we're going to be listening to Brian Houston, and it's Vision Sunday that we'll be listening to the sermon from Hillsong. And uh, since I don't know what's going to happen, I you know this could go anywhere. I, we can end up in a ditch. We can end up in crocodile-infested waters. Who knows what's going to happen? So uh, that will be today's episode of Fighting for the Faith. Strongly recommend you make yourself comfortable. We got a lot of ground to cover. And uh, since we're going to begin with a prophetic Holy Orders Network Information Exchange Syndicate update, yeah, complete with an open mic prophecy thing, uh, let's do this.
1: Oh. Hallelujah. And now listen to this. Sure.
0: Oh, that's right. That's Robert Tilton and Hubabaconda. So we're uh, heading to uh, Glory City Church, Brisbane, Australia. This is where the uh Catherine Runala holds court. And this past Sunday was Vision Sunday for them out at Glory City Church. And uh, as they were wrapping up their worship, set uh, Catherine Runala invited you know people who felt that they were receiving uh, direct revelation from God to come up and share with the group. So this is a Prophecy open mic segment from Down Under. Here we go. (laughs) Is she singing in tongues? No interpreter. That's forbidden, by the way, by Scripture. Yeah, any prophetic words or voices, please come forward now.
2: in the spirit, I saw two waves crashing into this place this afternoon, a wave of his love and a wave of his courage. And I felt like his encouragement to be bold and very courageous. And I saw people standing up out of um, misery, out of dust, out of brokenness, and beginning to believe again with courage, saying, God, I will believe what you say about me. I will believe what your promises say. I will take hold of them again and believe what you say about my circumstance." And I found there was an invitation this afternoon to say, God, I accept your love. But, God, I'm going to stand bold and very courageous. And I'm going to believe everything you say about my circumstance." So, why don't we do that? God,
3: we stand here this afternoon, Jesus. And we say, We believe you. We believe you. We believe what you say about us. We believe your.
0: What, what exactly is your referent as far as what God has said about us? that we're sinners in need of a Savior, that Christ has bled and died for us, those of us who are penitent believers in Christ are forgiven and saints. What exactly are you referring to?
3: That is true that you have caused us to be fruitful. You've caused us to be prosperous. You've caused us to be the head and not the tail. You've caused us to, um, to be visionaries. You've caused us to take dominion in where we walk, God. We believe what you say. We believe that you said that we're meant to be healed and whole. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen, amen, amen. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, I will be at rest. Cause the Lord, he is faithful
0: Prophecy rap, yeah, this, this this girl's got chops apparently.
3: His promises, yes, the Lord he is faithful, and his answer is yes. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, I will be at rest. For the Lord is my portion and he is my prize. I will fix my eyes, I will fix my eyes, and the Lord he is faithful to his promises, and the Lord he is faithful to his promises. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you over my feelings. I will trust in you. I will trust in you over my circumstance. I will trust in you, Lord. I will trust in you and your breakthrough. Your breakthrough. Your
1: breakthrough.
0: Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Uh, Yeah, that's. Man, I'm bummed I didn't get out on a prophecy bingo card. Uh, What was I thinking?
3: so I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear all no evil I will be at rest
0: this woman is literally going nuts on the stage no joke
3: In the Lord he is faithful to his In the law the answer is yes. is yes it is yes it is
0: yes I'm surprised she didn't do a full-blown mic drop there yeah. Up next is a fellow. I have no idea who he is, but, I mean, this prophecy open mic, so anyone can come up.
4: Worship, I kept um, seeing this vision of these obstacles. Then I heard the Lord say, the giants are falling. And I saw the
0: people... Really? You heard the Lord say, the giants are falling? You know, By the way, as a Dodger fan, Los Angeles Dodgers, this is good news. I mean, whew, yeah, I mean, they did terrible last year, so... Kind of hoping they do terrible again this year, you know, and, you know, I'm no Giants fan. Nope, no, I I hope they fall.
4: God, and they weren't looking at the obstacles anymore. They're looking beyond it. And I know it's vision night, and I feel like the Lord's saying that he's setting our gaze beyond the obstacles. And we're going to be people. And then I kept hearing John 16, 33. It says, but you must
0: be. How are you hearing these things?
4: courageous for i've overcome the world and i feel like the lord's saying in this season i want you to look beyond the obstacles you no longer be a people that are like preaching the giants in the land but you'll be a people that go look look what i can see beyond it look at our inheritance I can-
0: right just look beyond the uh, the giants in the land they're falling you know
4: i'm not looking there anymore i'm not gonna be held up in this place anymore but going will be a people that go, you know what, Jesus I overcome the world. So we've overcome the world. I the declare over you tonight. Courage, I declare over you tonight. that you've overcome those obstacles, you'll be a people to see beyond the storm. You see the you see beyond the giants. Now I declare a I prophesy sign your life. The giants are falling tonight. In Jesus' mighty name.
0: Well, there you go. Those of you who've been depending on that giant falling. Prophecy finally come in. It, it's arrived now. Yeah, you can check that off your tracking package list. All right, here comes an older lady in uh, orange ensemble. I was just preparing to come here. I, I heard the song.
2: It's an old Jimmy song. Jesus, just the mention of your name. Flowers grow, the desert blooms again. And I was reminded of a dream that I had. And in the dream, I went out. It was a hot day, one of the hottest days we've had on record. And I went out into my garden in the dream.
0: And all- Yeah, the, you know, I'll take the written word of God over this nonsense any day. I mean, notice how vague and really kind of weird this stuff is.
2: All of, all of the pots and flowers were just laying over, but they should have been dead because we'd had heat, unprecedented heat, but they weren't dead, they were just lying down like wilted, but they were still green, and I looked again and in my dream I saw the hose, and the hose had a massive kink in it, and I went over and I unkinked the hose and it just spurted out everywhere and just immediately all of the flowers and all the plants just sprung back to life and i felt the lord saying to me this is a season of unblocking obstacles what what?"
0: oh yeah man breakthrough and unblocking obstacle season (laughs) what does that even mean
2: was talking about. The obstacles that are stopping you from the promises of God are, are about to be obliterated in the supernatural power of God. And if you...
0: Right. I mean, if God promised me something, why are there blockages? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. None of this does. But okay. So have
2: that tonight.
0: All you've, got to do is, all you've got to do is go, shh, that's mine. So you just got to go, shh, and then say, that's mine. And shh, shh, shh. It it becomes yours. Yeah, I, I don't know of any biblical texts that teach that.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, wow. There's such a, an atmosphere of breakthrough that is in the house.
0: An atmosphere of breakthrough. Mm-hmm. What exactly does that mean?
1: Just uh, It's amazing what, uh, what, what Deborah was saying there. I, I saw this picture of like a, a massive water balloon just hovering over the place. It was like that. Per-
0: there was a massive water balloon hovering over Glory City Church. <laughs> Is that like a bulging sound membrane? I, I have to ask because we we've heard similar type nonsense.
1: We're going up and it was piercing uh, the water balloon and all these streams of water would be was beginning just to flow down and down and down and it was increasing it was like rain was increasing over the area but i felt like that there's a tipping point that is
0: about to come that not only that, that there's a... a tipping point with a water balloon <laughs> what does that
1: mean that as the praise is going up, that there's an increase, an incremental increase of the glory of God. But when there's a tipping point, if you know that you've got a water balloon like that, and you continue to just pierce it, that there's, an, there's a moment where that water balloon just breaks. So we just declare.
0: Yeah, that generally is what happens to water balloons. But normally I just throw them at people, you know.
1: This is the season of rain, that we're asking for rain in the time of rain. and I thank-
0: Season of rain. From a water balloon. Okay.
1: Father, and I just really believe that there is an increase in people of people of of intercession that is beginning to fall upon people. I thank you, Father, that I, I see a widening and I see space being made in people's schedules. I tell you what, I have.
0: There's space being made in people's schedules. Uh, that's good news. I, I could use a little bit of that
1: had this kind of hunger for prayer in 10 years 10 years ago we started prayer meetings that lasted a year and a half almost five nights a week and i was like i can't wait to get to those prayer meetings i want to tell you i believe that there's a hunger for prayer that god is releasing upon us in this season amen
0: That, that was good okay that was pretty much nonsense Okay, let's change it up just a little bit here.
5: Chief babe, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. They're Pinky and the brain. Yes, Pinky
0: and the brain. One it's is a genius, Pinkie. the other's Pinkie. insane.
5: they laboratory mice, <laughs> The genes have been sliced. They're Pinky, they're Pinky and the brain, 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 brain. Before each night is done.
0: All right, so uh, we're heading to Las Vegas, and uh, the at Cindy Jacobs, has uh, appeared at a prophetic conference uh, recently there in Las Vegas, and uh, she has some fresh download knowledge stuff for us from God, apparently. Um, You might want to put some hearing protection on. Here we go.
6: So stand up, Father, I thank you for the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, supernatural wisdom to overcome the situations in people's lives. They don't know how to arrange the deals. They don't know what they need to do to increase their sphere of authority. But, Father, I thank you right now, ideas, strategies, plans. God is going to show you how to do things. He's going to show you how to acquire property. He's going to show you what...
0: God's releasing plans and info on how to acquire property and stuff.
6: ...to do, how to advance in your business. He's going to show you how to structure things. He's going to show you how to get that, that scholarship for college. He's going to show you how to do what you need to do. Just receive it and take it. Come on, watch it by the web. Just receive it and take it. Uh,
0: <laughs> Pagans are able to figure out how to apply for scholarships. Okay.
6: Come on. Come on. come on! Listen. Listen. When we were married, I had one year left of school, and we had no money. I mean, we were so poor that, that we had to hold the trunk down with a bungee cord, you know? And so... I I was asking the Lord, uh, so I decided I wanted to go to Pepperdine University. You know how much Pepperdine costs? I mean, it's like one of the most expensive schools in California. So I went out and tried out for a music scholarship. I got a full-ride scholarship. And I graduated, and I went and asked him for a graduate fellowship for my fifth year, my Master of Arts teaching music. And they said, we had no money. I went home and I said, no, Father, you said if you seek first the kingdom of heaven and His kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. I need to get that master's work done. I walked into the office and they said, interesting you came in today, Cindy. We just got a grant for graduate fellowships. I'm going to give you a full graduate fellowship to finish That year that you've got to get. Amen? Come on! I went to the best school, because I'm the head and not the tail!
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's the head, not the tail. That's why she went to the best school. I happen to also have an MBA from Pepperdine, but yeah, it's not because I'm the head and not the tail. Yeah, and that's just because I worked really hard, you know.
6: Above and not beneath, amen? I am blessed. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed.
0: She sure does like to talk about herself and how amazing she is. You sure this is prophetic stuff?
6: Damn this. Amen. Okay, just hug a few people and sit down. Amen. You guys are so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. You can sit down. You guys can take a rest. That was
0: just the warm-up act. Uh, let's listen to uh, as she gets into the message here.
6: This is a little tippy thing. You know, it's kind of tippy there. Are you ready? Say yes. Thank you. Okay. I'm used to preaching like a sister in some black churches, and you got to help me here.
0: Women are forbidden to preach in churches by the written word of God. you sure you're hearing from the Holy Spirit?
6: (laughs) Say it. Okay, that's right. All right. So I'm going to share just a little bit. You know, I always like to do something to giving the word of the Lord that will be... For all, I want everyone to go home having tasted and seen that the Lord, he's good. There's
0: right, and that, apparently that comes through the direct revelation she claims that she receives.
6: Thing. I mean, this is intentional on my part, and so I want to do it. So, you know, some of you know that I chair this Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders. We've been meeting since 1999. And Peter Wagner started it. And-
0: she chairs the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders. Mm-hmm. Started by C. Peter Wagner. That's all part of the NAR.
6: And I chaired it for about the last six, seven years. So every year we come together, uh, these respected prophets, and we get a word for the year. And many, many wonderful words came out of this. And so I kind of consolidated them. And this year, 2018, is the year to possess the gates of your future. Okay, and I'm going to use this scripture. Familiar one, Genesis 22, 17, 18. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply. Genesis 22:17
0: and 18. Blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you. Mm -hmm. Note, this is out of context. This is a woman who's claiming to be receiving direct revelation from God himself, and she has ripped Genesis 22 from its context. If you're familiar with Genesis 22, it is the account of Abraham being told by God to sacrifice Isaac. Mm Mm-hmm. Just preached on this passage. So um blessing you know, the the so the person being blessed here is not you and I. Yeah. So uh Genesis twenty two, fifteen, we'll apply a little context here. Here's what it says The angel of Yahweh called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares Yahweh, because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men. They arose and went to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. So the you there in Genesis twenty two seventeen 17, and 18 is Abraham, not me, not you, not Cindy Jacobs, and not anything related to so-called words coming from God for the year 2018. We continue.
6: Now, if you study the B-I-B-L-E, B-I-B-L-E, I can't make my mouth work right, the B-I-B-L-E, you know, if something's iterated like twice like that in a passage, it's, it's a superlative. It's like the scripture is shouting at us. Come on, you better get this. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless you some more. And-
0: yeah, that's what God said to Abraham. Uh-huh. Not me.
6: I'm going to multiply you, and I'm going to multiply you some more.
0: So, yeah, yelling it somehow makes it now about you rather than Abraham. This woman is such a charlatan.
6: You getting this? I'm just going to keep preaching this till you believe it. I've been working hard on you the past couple of days.
0: Yeah, you've ripped Genesis 22 out of context, and you're going to keep shouting at them until they believe you. Is is that like a threat? Some kind of weird form of Screech torture, or something going on here,,
6: okay, blessing I will bless you, multiply now, multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven as the sandwiches on the seashore. your descendants shall not might shall possess the gates of their enemies,
0: spoken to Abraham
6: in your sea, come on, let's say it for this this church movement, in your sea. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed.
0: This is blasphemous. I mean, holy guacamole. I I am surprised lightning has not come out of heaven to strike this woman down. I mean, this is a clear promise made to Abraham, and she has literally wrenched it away from Abraham to make it about you or me.
6: Because you've obeyed my voice. Why not? You know, see, the Bible says that we are depressed towards the mark of the high calling of, of Jesus Christ. You know, so every year I want to do more than the last year. Every year I want to give more. You see, because the kingdom of God is ever increasing. But if it's going to increase, who's it going to increase through, huh?
0: Yeah, she wants you to give more to her this year than they did last year. That's kind of the point there. <sighs> wow. I mean, wow, I just preached on this text, and I am literally awestruck at the total lack of fear that this woman has for God. I think to describe her blasphemy as brazen is, well, to actually engage in underwhelming, (laughs) diminutive speech, I mean, (laughs) oh, wow, okay. I think you get the idea. All right, we're up on our first break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there, at Christian. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to be hearing from Eric Dykstra and T.D. Jakes. Don't want to miss them. We'll be right back.
7: Church, day,
8: select
3: Ooh! I do wish these planes
7: would give us passengers more leg room. Hey, let me help you with your luggage. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, oh.
0: What in the world do you have in these bags? Bricks. Bricks? I'm a door-to-door brick person. I'm not even going to
6: ask. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. If you have not already done so, please stow your carry-on luggage underneath the seat in front of you or in an overhead bin. Please take your seat and fasten your seatbelts, and make sure that your seatback and tray tables are in their full upright and locked positions.
5: Thank you. Thank you, Brittany. In case y'all don't know me, I'm Mark Driscoll, and I'm going to be your pilot for today. Oh dear! He looks more like a terrorist if you ask me. If any of you passengers feel at any time that you could pilot this plane better than me, then you'll be swiftly thrown under the bus. Uh, I mean plane. As you may have noticed, there are also no parachutes on this flight. Which means, should you be thrown off the plane, that your landing will be... unpleasant. We thank you for flying
0: Mars Hill Air with us today. I guess it's time to take off, then. Well, let's just hope our flight to Boston will be nice and easy.
5: Due to a direct revelation that I just had from God, we are no longer heading to Boston. Rather, we are now heading to New Jersey.
6: (laughs) But my ticket says Boston!
5: As I've said before, please trust your pilot or you'll be forcibly removed from the plane. Who
7: on earth would want to go to New Jersey anyway?
5: That's it! God, please escort this man to the back of the plane for violent ejection. Hey! I have my rights. You can't do this to people. Oh, but I can Ah!
6: I can't believe that just happened.
0: There's something seriously wrong with all of this.
5: Uh, This is your captain speaking. Do not be alarmed. You are now free to move about the cabin and do as you please. Just whatever you do, don't question my actions or authority.
0: So you're a brick salesperson, huh? Yep,
7: but why on earth would you want to talk about something like that at a time like...
0: Yeah, I'm thinking it's time that Mr. High and Mighty got relieved of his
5: duties. It is now time for you all to buckle your seatbelts and hold on tight because we're about to start doing barrel rolls. He's going to do what? (laughs) Remember to always trust your mind. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I do believe the ground is getting awfully close.
1: This is Doctor Curtis Lyons.
0: morning, listening to Fighting for the Faith may cause you to think that the blessing, the specific blessing given to Abraham in Genesis 22 is not something you can take to the bank the way Cindy Jacobs says. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you and your generous gifts and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, Fighting for the When you get there, you'll see our three. See, I remember this time. Three friendly yellow buttons. And uh, let me explain <laughs> what they do. Our first yellow button says join our crew. That's right. Joining our crew is a g- great way to support us. And those who join our crew, they get to p- pick their rank in our crew, and the rank is based upon your monthly Financial commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at nine dollars ninety five cents a month. After that, Gunner's made at twenty four ninety five a month. From there, Master Gunner at forty nine ninety five a month and then quartermaster at ninety-nine ninety five a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you would like to make a one-time contribution, you do that by clicking on the donate button. Or if you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, you can do that as well by clicking on the Become a Patron button. And, of course, if you would like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable, to fighting for the faith. And then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, let's do this in preparation for our time with Eric Dykstra. Here we go. Oh, it really doesn't matter what I do, what I do, as long as I do it with a flair. What effect a little smoke is with a dash of hocus pocus and the scent of burning sulfur in the air? I'm a fraud, a hoax, a A charlatan, charlatan, a joke, but they love me
8: everywhere. For it really doesn't matter what I do,
1: what I do, as as long as as I do do it with a flair.
0: That's right. So uh, we're heading over to the Crossing Church in Elk River, Minnesota. And we noted last week when we visited there that uh, Eric Dykstra is doing a sermon series on... Well, it's called Love Shack. You you can kind of figure that out. So it's about relationships. And last week we noted that he was talking about Jesus giving us relationship advice, which is just ridiculous and silly. And uh, in preparation for this week, he talked about what he was going to be doing on Sunday, this past Sunday, and that was he's going to be looking at the Gospel of John chapter 2, the story of the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee, where Jesus turned the water into wine, and he said that he was going to reveal from this text the secret sauce of lasting marriages and relationships. And uh <laughs> it, it, this would be the time <laughs> if you were to like make your wager as to how he was going to twist the text. This would be the time to do that. However, we do not endorse gambling here at Fighting for the Faith. So that being said, let's check in with Eric (laughs) Dijkstra to see exactly what he's going to do with John chapter 2 to to reveal to us the secret sauce (laughs) of having a great marital relationship. Yeah, here we go.
9: My mom's ready. Make me better, God. Transform me by your word. I am open to whatever. I want something healthy in the future.
0: <laughs> that was the lamest attempt at like <laughs> ripping off those <laughs> teeth. Oh, open your Bible. You know, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do <laughs> what it's- I say. Uh, repeat after me. I I, I want to do better, God. I Kind of want some better stuff to happen. and it
7: <laughs> What
0: on earth?
9: Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So this is the story of the, Jesus turning water into wine. Here's how it starts. This is John chapter two, verses one and two. It's on your note sheet. It says on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were, what's the next word? Invited to the wedding. If you were to, like, say, what would make for a good relationship, it would probably start by inviting Jesus to it.
0: Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, man. This is almost as bad as Levi Lusko's <laughs> twisting of, yeah, it talks about how a day starts at, you know, at, you know, at evening, and there was evening and morning. I, oh, no. You're not going to actually preach the story of the wedding feast at, the Cana, at Cana in Galilee, which was the first of Jesus' miraculous signs, and the result of it was his disciples believed in him. Oh, boy. I think this is probably your first ingredient
9: for a healthy relationship, whether you're married or whether you're dating or whether you want to date someday. We include Jesus in our relationship. If both sides of the, of of both parties are not in agreement that Jesus needs to be included in this relationship, you're going to end up with a lot of hurt. In fact, this story at the end, it's awesome because, because they invite Jesus to the wedding, Jesus does a miracle and gives everybody as much wine as they could ever want. Pretty much in the same way they invited a miracle worker. So they got a miracle. Many of us are in relationships where one side or the other wants to invite Jesus, but the other side doesn't. And what you end up with is dysfunction. In fact, one of the three leading causes for divorce, uh, I I said this on Thursday night at the the marriage conference, in like the past 10 years, is is people who have different faith backgrounds. In fact, I'm going to see if I can give you an example of it. Now we'll go, we'll go for the duct tape. Now the, the, I, I need the Fiftes to come up here. They didn't know I was going to do this. Come here. I, I was looking for. i scoped scoping out a couple before. Let's so, guys, give it up for the Fiftes real quick. They're coming up here. So this will be fun. Come on up, guys. Duct tape included. Okay. So I want you guys to stand face of this direction. You stand there, face of this way. You stand here. Now, spin around. Now, this is a relationship that can't seem to agree. Let me just put your leg over here by his. This is a relationship that can't seem to agree. So,
0: now, what I want you to do. He, he's duct taped this couple together by one of their legs and she's facing one way he's facing the other I, I I guess we're done teaching John chapter 2 is decide on a direction together decide just just where you where do you want to go like you want to go
9: that way or this way <laughs> go ahead just give it a shot <laughs> um this, this, that's all right. Okay. That's, that's, that's that, that was... They attempted to give him some... Give him some love. Okay. Now, uh, we're going to start over here because we'll come back here. <laughs> this is what a marriage looks like with two different positions on faith. Stop.
0: You do know, Eric, that there are actual passages that discuss... That the fact that God does not will for Christians to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, you you didn't have to twist John chapter two to make this point. And (laughs) picking a couple to come up and be duct taped, uh, I uh, this is uh, unbelievable.
9: This is what a dating relationship looks like when you can't agree on whether you're going to worship Jesus together, whether Jesus is the focus. What you get is...
0: Yeah, you, you do know that Jesus was the actual focus of John chapter 2. Ay, ay ay. Ah, This guy is clueless.
9: One person's like, oh, I'm going to follow Jesus, and they drag the other person along. <laughs> and they're like drugged into the future. They don't even want to go there. Or they end up in fights right here, and they never move at all. The reality is the most important thing about your life is your faith decision. It determines what you believe about how you're going to spend your money. Am I going to honor God with my money or not? honor God with my money.
0: Why is that the first thing you go to? Oh yeah. Probably because you teach the people there that they have to tithe and give offerings in order to be obedient to God. And we, we don't want unbelieving spouses getting in the way of the tithe check. Man, it's, it's, it's not even hidden. It's thinly veiled at best with cheesecloth. That's how we're going to raise our kids.
9: Are we going to honor God and raise them a certain way? Are we not? Are we going to worship together? Are we going to, like, when we're screwed up and we just need to pray? Like, oh, we need some help? Who are we going to ask? Somebody of faith or not somebody of faith? All the conversations of life tend to boil down to questions of faith. And this foundation at disagreement is going to lead to you a world of hurt. In fact, this is the scriptures. You guys just stay here. We're almost done with you. This is, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Here's what it says don't team up with those who are unbelievers.
0: Right. So he is aware of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. So the reason why he went into John chapter 2 was because at the at the wedding feast of Cana in Galilee Jesus was invited to the wedding so therefore you need to invite Jesus to your marriage which is a total twisting of that text <sighs> Yeah, I I don't even have expectations anymore of seeker-driven guys rightly handling biblical texts anymore. It's just a matter of how badly are they going to twist it. Talking about twisting God's word, I don't even know if he's going to make an attempt at preaching it. Uh, Let's switch gears. We have a T.D. Jakes update, so let's do this. Don't
8: want no loving, don't want no kissing. Don't want no gal to call me honey. Don't want my name in the hall of fame. Just want a big fat pile of money <laughs> Give me that almighty dollar for that lettuce, hear me holler Give me buckets full of ducats, let me walk around and waller in mazuma zoo want to be a millionaire oh, Give me money, 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 money <laughs> I want that green ammunition, that's the stuff for which I'm wishing Fill my closets with deposits, I'm a demon in addition Give me shackles, give me facels, let me see their smiling faces. Money, 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 money Want to get me a suit? That's made out of loot and whistle to wear it in green. I got that monetary-itis, like just like King Midas. Want that golden touch is what I mean. Give me that old double eagle. Want that tender that is legal and financially substantially. Any sum I can inveigle. Want a in regal splendor for that loving legal tender. Money, money,
0: money, money, money. money, money. money, money. All right, Dr. Teeth from The Muppet Show and money, money, money. All right, so uh, we're heading to the Potter's House in Dallas, Texas. T.D. Jakes, the bishop, is in the house. And by the way, he's a bishop of a oneness Pentecostal denomination, which means the, the group that made him a bishop denies, overtly denies, the doctrine of the Trinity. That would make T.D. Jakes a heretic, in the truest sense of the word. But, yeah, who cares nowadays? It's just a matter of how good does he make me feel, right? Well, th- this feel-good message is uh, from the sermon series titled Soar, S-O-A-R, like an eagle, and not S-O-R-E. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be awkward. And uh, the, the I'm not making this up. The name of the specific message is Eagles... Make love in the air. And I'm, at the moment, scrambling in my mind to see if I can remember all the different passages of Scripture that talk about the mating practices of eagles and how that relates to doctrine that I'm supposed to believe as a Christian. I'm so far drawing a blank, and uh, let's check in with T.D. Jakes.
10: alabaster sky. With gazing clouds suspended on nothing but air itself, eagles soar in blustering wind to heights beyond human gaze to explore the intimacy of covenant relationships. And there, with boistering winds all around them, they go into a nosedive soar, talon to talon connected holding each other in the wind. And as they spiral down through the galing wind, with nothing but the sun piercing peekaboo through their wings, there in the middle of the air, eagles make love.
0: <laughs> I I have no idea what he's quoting. Uh, but, oh, man, he is doing it theatrically at his at the top of his game, man, there is no better thespian than TD Jakes. (laughs) Just, I am at a loss at the moment to know what this has to do with anything in the Bible at all.
10: Cardinals cannot do it. Hawks cannot understand it. Blue Jays cannot reach it for the Eagles are on a plane beyond their ability to flap. This is an eagle's area of romance. It is a place of conception. Eagles conceive in the air. Now, I know you've had some romantic nights.
0: I am. You just. I'm getting more uncomfortable with the sermon by the second at the moment.
10: I know you prayer warriors and everything. Even you church mothers try to look all deep and spiritual. You might not be having them right now, but there was a time, glory to God, that some, you have some flashbacks every now and then to some special days, but nobody in here can say at 40,000 feet in the air with the wind blowing through your hair. And the sun peeking through your arms there in an embrace of intimacy. You found connectivity to the point that conception was achieved with nothing but wind and air and light and alabaster to bask in as you experience the opulence of
0: intimacy. I... I, Oh, man. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, no, I've n- yeah never done that at forty thousand feet without an airplane or something, or I've I've never even done it with an airplane at forty thousand feet. This is, <sighs> I mean, what is this?
10: Talk like a writer, don't I?
0: Sh- yeah, not a pastor, that's for sure. To
10: mount up on wings like eagles.
0: Yeah, Isaiah forty thirty one about mounting up like wings on eagles. That's n- not what it's talking about. No, no.
10: I'm getting ready to do a new thing in you.
0: I don't want you to do it. <laughs> Stop right there. I got to put up some personal boundaries at this point. And I've got to strengthen you
10: to bring you into a place that you and I can conceive. This is not about me coming down to you. I've already done that. I came down so that you could come up.
0: So apparently, he's now talking for god see god already came down incarnate by the holy spirit born of the virgin mary that would be the son of god not yes remember he's a modalist and so now god's calling us to come up into the air Mm -hmm. okay now this isn't creepy at all to meet me in
10: the air this rapturous moment of intimacy
0: yeah, and this, you see this, this again. This is a major boundary that he's crossing. In Greek, there are four words for love. There are four, and so eros is one of them, and that has to do with erotic love. Phileo, it has to do with brotherly love. We get the word Philadelphia, the you know, the you know, brotherly love, the city of brotherly love. We get the word Philadelphia from the uh, Greek word phileo, the type of love that God has for us and that we have for Him is not eros, it's not phileo, it's agape. And agape has nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing to do with erotic love. So for T.D. Jakes to take us down this path and turn God into our erotic lover is just, um, yeah, it, it just makes me beyond uncomfortable.
10: It does not have to be delayed for eschatology.
0: It does not have
10: to wait to the ends of the age. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
10: This is the place where the Lord meets his own. It is a place where the bridegroom connects with the bride. What did I hear her say? As she sat in her bedchamber looking out the window, she said, behold, my beloved cometh to me, skipping across the mountains. His banner over me is love. I heard him pierce, sing voice, come through the lattice of the window, and he challenged me. He says, rise up, my beloved, and come away. Because if you are going to be my lover, eagles make love. In the
0: air. Uh, he was quoting from Song of Solomon there. Uh which by the way, yeah, you know, you, you can you can talk about the bride of Christ. Marriage itself is a mystery that tells us something about the church's relationship to Christ, and the church collectively is the bride, and when you over push the typology. You end up with this, and uh this is erotic mysticism, yeah, keep in mind he's a oneness Pentecostal, so mysticism is a core component of t d Jakes's theology, and as it is with well every charismatic every pentecostal it's it's a form of mysticism, and so they overcook the biblical typology in the type and shadows and leave the individual christian to somehow be engaging in an erotic relationship with god i mean i mean and since you know eagles do it in the air uh, that means christians have got to enough oh man uh, this is so creepy so bad What
10: stops us from meeting God on the turf that he's on?
0: Uh, I don't know. Gravity. (laughs) Uh, The fact that, you know, if I were in the presence of a holy God, I would be undone. You know, things like that.
10: Is that we are always tied up in the systems
0: of this world. Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. So apparently my application is to get myself untied up from the systems of this world, so that I can meet God on his turf, in the sky. Uh-huh.
10: So the first point I want to give you today
0: is you cannot soar
10: until you clear your head. No! <sighs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: this is painful. I, this, is, <laughs> this is really, really painful. I've I got to tell you, I have been doing Fighting for the Faith, Daily, you know, as a you know daily program since June thirtieth, two thousand and eight, we're coming up on ten years that I've been doing this, and th- things have gotten so bad, you know, the the, the talk about a downgrade, it, it, things have downgraded so rapidly, so toxically, that the stuff I'm covering today is just head bangingly bad that, I mean, it, this wouldn't have flown 10 years ago, and it wouldn't have flown 20 or 30 years ago. No way. I mean, everyone would have saw it for what it is, but nobody cares that this is just really creepy nonsense. And in fact, they just reward TD Jakes with oodles and oodles of money and influence and all that kind of stuff. And he isn't saying anything biblical. Like, like he's barely making any effort at all. Clearing your head is the
10: first step of getting on the level that you need to be on to do what God has called you to do.
0: No, no biblical text says that's the first step for what you're describing here. And in fact, no scripture tells us any steps to do what you're describing here.
10: When I say clear your head, I'm talking about all the contaminants that keep you stuck on the
0: ground. Yeah, I happen to live on the ground. (laughs) It's safer that way. You know, God didn't give me wings. He gave me legs and feet, you know.
10: Things that weigh down the human soul, stop you from being creative.
0: Why all this emphasis on creativity as if somehow creativity is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Stop you from
10: being uh, in inventing new things and being innovative.
0: Yeah, you know, cuz if I would just meet God in the air for an eagle session, he would uh, impregnate me with creativity and ideas and stuff. Oh, good night.
10: You cannot be innovative and
0: depressed
10: so we've got to delete some depression because depression depresses what god is saying rise up depression is saying stay down
0: yeah um you don't know anything about depression do you cuz people who actually have depression it's just not it's just not a simple matter of you know just rising up or any of the things he's saying. Uh, good night. This is just totally, totally messed up from like beginning to end. And I am so thankful, and I mean this, that we are up on our second break to save us from this. All right. So if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is... Talk back at fightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at Pirate Christian. Quick break when we come back. We're going to hear Vision Sunday at, at Hillsong. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: This might feel like theological waterboarding, but you'll get used to it.
7: Hey everyone, it's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society and it's it's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee, and it'll arrive at your door in a convenient resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to gillespie.coffee and get some. That's g i l l e s p i e dot coffee.
3: Rex out. Oi, Captain! We got ourselves
7: a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> and exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. And what exactly do we do with heretics?
5: Oh, we throw them in the boo box? No, no, no.
7: We preach the gospel to them.
8: What if um the heretic doesn't repent?
7: Then we throw them in the boo box. <laughs> to err is to heretic. To r is to pirate.
0: Number two of Fighting for the Faith. Why do I have no confidence that Brian Houston's gonna rightly handle God's word on Vision Sunday at Hillsong? Just, I don't know, the weird feeling I have inside of my bones. Alright, let's do this right. we got the bad, the ugly. We review it all here at Fighting for the Faith. We're an equal opportunity sermon reviewing service. Today's sermon comes to us via Hillsong Church, Sydney, Australia. I have not previewed this thing, so I don't know where it's going to go. It's Brian Houston, and it's Vision Sunday. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that individual pastors are going to be receiving direct visions from God that they are to cast to their people at their multi-site campi and stuff. This is a new practice, fairly new in history, and it's not biblical at all, but might as well tune in and see what's going to happen. And I, like I said, I don't know where this is going to go. I have no understanding of what this is going to be except for the general idea of Vision Sunday. So let me go ahead and back off on the music. And without any further ado, here's Brian Houston and, well, uh, Hillsong Church Vision Presentation 2018. Here we go. Welcome to Vision
11: Sunday. How good it is to be in church and to see you all and especially to be linked to Hillsong Church, one house, many rooms, all around the globe. 21 countries plus five more on live stream including China, 111 different campuses. So this is one here where we are of 111 different campuses, 251 different services. So here in this room, we are one of 251 services who are all joined together for Vision Sunday. I should be nervous talking to that many people. <laughs> hey, you're glad i home. I've been away, you know. I went to the presidential prayer breakfast in Washington. I went to Miami and spoke at VU Church there. I did a pastor's conference in San Diego. And I did another pastor's conference in Oslo in Norway. And spoke for the first time in Hillsong, Norway. Jostin, you guys are doing an incredible job. They had over 3,000 people that Sunday. Three cities I preached at on one Sunday. That was pretty well done, I think. And uh, here we are, right here, right now, ready for more. And as always, our team have put together a beautiful presentation right around the world. Look at the screens where you are. We're in this together. Let's get inspired. God bless.
0: All right. So he's been globetrotting, and here's a presentation. Okay.
11: I think our church has always been about loving God, loving people, loving life. It's a- So
0: apparently God's word is taking a back seat for the sermon at Hillsong this Sunday.
11: Always been about really the simple things. Seeing people connected to Jesus, to grow in him, to be discipled, to become all he's called them to be, to live lives of purpose and calling and people understanding that they're not just saved, but they're called and living with that sense of calling. And I think our theme's every year.
0: They're not just saved, they're called, you know. Yes, <laughs> they got they have purpose and destiny and things and stuff. Yes, that's right. Uh, Hillsong is a purveyor of the purpose-driven dream destiny thingy doctrines, which is a different doctrine than Christian sanctification that teaches us to love and serve our neighbors in good works. We continue.
11: Uh, for Hillsong Church, really do connect into that sense that I'm called, I'm responsible, I'm excited about the possibilities that God wants to do something with me, not just us together collectively, but me individually. You, say, you are the one. There are no coincidences. you never just in that place at that time for no reason that God put you in a situation because you are the one. And we I am the one. I really hope it got in people's spirit for people to understand firstly. I said-
0: yeah, we cu- we actually reviewed some of the sermons from the I am, I am the one sermon series from 2017. It was utterly blasphemous, um, taking passages about Christ and making them about yourself. It was bizarre.
11: Responsibility that sometimes it's me who's going to stand in the gap, not everybody else. And I think a lot of people put their hand up, and I think a lot of people realized that and had an expectation that opportunity was coming their way and walked into opportunity and possibility.
0: All right, the presentation has taken us to Stockholm, Sweden.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I've scrubbed ahead in the uh, video presentation, which literally goes on, if I've correctly found the end point on this, for another, like, 24, 25 minutes. But in scrubbing through it, you can kind of get the gist of what they're doing, and that is that is that they're giving some kind of visual documentary uh, report from the different Hillsong churches across the globe, you know, uh, Sweden and, you know, Stavanger and in Norway and other places. So I'm going to fast forward past that part. And I think this is where it now comes back to Brian Houston at Hillsong in Sydney as he continues with Vision Sunday. Let's see if he opens up a biblical text and actually preaches the word. Uh, it's not looking good for that, though. Here we go
11: beautiful michelle has a beautiful voice and that was a powerful powerful testimony And lord we're just so grateful that we stand on the edge of more i thank you lord for the stories we see and the challenge that
0: stand on the edge of more
11: in them. And lord we stand together in our church across all of the various rooms across all the globe in prayer for those where we're believing for miracles where we're believing for answers and Lord, I just thank you that our hearts are upbeat for 2018. Wherever people are gathered, in Europe, Father, in Africa, here in Australia, in South America, in North America, Lord, everywhere our church gathers, Asia, we thank you that we're trusting you for a year of your blessing, your favor, and for more in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. So, I guess this year... Unlike others, we already know what our theme is because, really, we started moving toward it right through last year. And that is that I began well over 12 months ago to write a book called There Is More. I'm passionate about this book. I honestly... So
0: you're writing a book called There Is More. So the theme for Hillsong as your casting vision for 2018 is, ironically, There Is More. I, I, I see how that works. Yeah.
11: It was the best one I've ever written and I'm really believing for our church to get behind it. And then
0: that turned into Brooke Lidgewood. Right, he wants the church to get behind the There Is More book because he wants to sell many, many copies of it.
11: Who now heads up Hillsong Worship coming to me and suggesting that we call our new live worship album coming out in April. There is
0: more. So I guess... Wow, what a dink! This sounds like marketing to me theme was developing
11: and we themed all our conferences there is more
0: right which this sounds to me like they are really planning on lots of money coming in with all of the unified themed conferences and speeches and books and things all about yeah there's more I think the Holy
11: Spirit is saying something.
0: No, I think you're trying to sell something. Big difference.
11: I think we need to believe for more.
0: Can you back that up with the biblical text, please?
11: Ephesians 3 verse 20 in the message. I love it.
0: Ephesians 3 20 in the message. Watch what he does.
11: It talks here about more. It says God can do anything you know.
0: Oh, man, Ephesians 3.20, by the way, is a benediction. Uh, it's part of you know, Paul kind of wrapping up a prayer in the middle of that epistle itself. Here's what it says. We're going to apply our three rules for sound biblical exegesis plus one more. And they are context, context, context. Another good rule of thumb, if you would, is use a good modern translation That would include the ESV or you can use the New King James Version or the Net Bible. These are good translations. Uh, Or you can even use like the NASB or the King James, perfectly legitimate translations as well, a little more difficult to read. But Ephesians 3 verse 14 is where we'll start so we can see what's going on in uh, Ephesians 3:20 for this reason I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant to you uh, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit so notice he's praying uh, in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations, forever and ever. Amen. So when you read Ephesians 3.20 in context, you see it's a benedictory thought as he's closing up his prayer for the saints, that he has prayed for them. And uh, we now can see that uh, Brian Houston, for his Vision Sunday, the vision he has for 2018 is more money for Hillsong with everything being unified around that there is more, including a twisting of Ephesians 3.20 using the message paraphrase. Mm-hmm.
11: More than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. We're talking Yeah, of- my dreams are wild,
0: man. I could think of a lot,
11: man. More than your wildest dreams. More. Well, it goes on in this verse. And it says, not by pushing
1: us around, but how? But by the Holy Spirit working in us. God's
11: Spirit working deeply and gently within us. Goes on and says, Look, I love this. Glory to God and the church. In the Hebrew, it's literally Hillsong Church. (laughs) Glory to God and Hillsong Church. It is today, anyway.
0: Glory. Uh, Ephesians? He's still on the Ephesians text. That was written in Koine Greek, not Hebrew. God and the Messiah. Glory to God and Jesus.
11: Glory down all the generations. Glory through all the millennia. Oh, yeah. It's there. Oh, yeah. Come on around the world, everybody. Oh, yeah.
1: I don't know what he's doing here.
11: (laughs) And so I, coming into this year, I absolutely that God has more for us. We don't fully understand yet.
0: But... He feels very strongly. God has more for us, but we don't really know what it is yet. But there's more, 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 more money for Brian Houston. The
11: themes of my heart: living larger, expecting
0: greater. De- living larger. What on earth does that mean? I'm going to live large in 2018. You know, hey, Hillsong Vision for 2018. There's more. So I got to live large. unbelievable deeper and going further so that's if you like this you're not going to go deeper in god's word no that's for sure
11: i'm behind there is more for your lives and for our church this year we're going to live larger we're going to expect greater when we need to we're going to dig deeper and by god's grace we're going to go further and what does that look like what does it look like for us to live our lives a little larger In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthians because the Corinthians were somehow believing that they were being fenced in, that they were being made smaller by the teachings of the Apostles. And Paul says in those verses, verses 11 to 13, the Apostle Paul, he says, it's not us that fence you in. The smallness you feel is not coming from us. It goes on and says, your lives are not small, but you're living them in a small way. And do you know there are a lot of people, what God has for you is not small, and yet we can easily be living our lives in a small way.
0: All right, let's take a look at 2 Corinthians 6 so that we can see what this passage is about. So he said, uh, verses 11 and 12, okay, let's back it up. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, halfway through verse 2, Behold, now is the favorable time, now is the day of salvation. We put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance, in afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, sleepless nights, hunger. (laughs) How come he's not? Why isn't Brian Houston asking for more of this stuff? Yeah, By purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, and the Holy Spirit, genuine love. By truthful speech and the power of God, with the weapons of righteousness, through slander and praise, we are treated as imposters, and yet are true, as unknown, and yet well-known, as dying, and yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. So we have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted in your own affections. In return, I speak as to children, widen your hearts also. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness to do with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? Yeah, you get the idea. Put it back in context, this text isn't saying what Brian Houston says it's saying. He's twisting it, manipulating it on purpose
11: the way we think about God, the way we think about life, the way we think about ourselves, just so much smaller than the way God sees you because God is able to do exceeding abundant and above anything you could ever ask or think when it's his power that's working inside of you. I wonder what it is that you need to get bigger at than this year.
0: Yeah, what do I need to get bigger at? (laughs) I would argue there's certain parts of me that I need to make smaller, but okay.
11: (laughs) Someone said something. Someone did someone. And it may have been some time ago now, but you're just stuck there and you can't get past it. Someone spoke to me recently about a conversation, said that very thing that it hurt them so deeply that they're kind of stuck and they can't get past it. And I'm going to believe by God's grace, if that's your story, that you'll find the capacity through the power of the Holy Spirit to live a little larger, to be a little more big spirited, to somehow move on to the more That's on the other side of
5: that hurt.
0: Yeah, move on to the more. That means um, spend more money. Mm -hmm. Tithe bigger. Donate more money to Hillsong. He's, like I said, not even really hiding it. This is very thinly veiled.
11: Ephesians chapter 12. Sorry, Hebrews 12 verse 1. It talks about laying aside the weights and the sin that so easily beset you. Oftentimes... I believe God wants us to get bigger than that one sin, that one weakness that we keep going back to, the one that most easily catches us. And I want to encourage you to believe God will give you the grace to rise up above whatever that bondage is. And on the other side of the bondage, there is more. And I believe many of you are going to overcome and you're going to see that more in Jesus' name. Perhaps there's an invisible barrier. There's just You seem to get so close to your victory, but there's a barrier there. And I, by God's grace, have an expectation we'll hear stories of people who find a way of just getting a little larger and moving through those bad, bad boundaries. You see, we're a big-spirited church, generous at heart, faith-filled in confession, useful, oh. useful in spirit, amen, loving in nature and inclusive, not exclusive, in expression. A big-spirited, a big-hearted church who actually live for the cause, not a small-spirited people who get caught up in issues and semantics. We're a big-spirited church who have a can-do, all things are possible to God type spirit, not a small-spirited, let's look for reasons why it can't be done type spirit. We are a big-spirited church, yes? And in 2018, we're going to live with the kind of big spirits that build around the things that unite us not separate around the things that divide us. I believe we're a big-spirited church, which means we speak well of other people, we speak well of other churches, we speak well of other people, and rather than small-spirited people who manage to find ways of tearing people down, thinking
0: this... Yeah, see, guys like me, you know, who critique Hillsong and say they twist God's word and they don't rightly handle biblical texts and that they're greedy... Uh, my problem is I'm I have a I'm small spirited. Yeah, that's apparently my problem.
11: Speaking badly about someone else will make you feel better about yourself because that never, ever does happen. Well, you're going to live larger. We are lifting our expectation. We're ramping expectation up. Whatever your dream so far, cancel it and triple it because we are going to...
0: Whatever your dream so far, triple it, man. It's it's not double blessings in 28. It's triple. There's more. More because Brian Houston says so. Expecting greater. You got that all around the
11: globe. Let's not be small. Let's start expecting greater. You
0: got to expect greater because, you know, the vision casting leader, Apostle... Brian Houston is saying to expect greater.
11: I love that in this beautiful, beautiful Psalm, Psalm 14 verse two in the message, it talks like this. It says, God sticks his head out of heaven. He looks around. He's looking for someone not stupid. Anyone here? Anyone? (laughs) Of course you're not stupid. One man, even God expectant, just one God ready woman. You know, I preached this a couple of weeks ago, and it got me excited. Just one man
0: who is expectant. Are you going to be that man? Just one God-ready woman. Are you going to be the God-ready man? <sighs> Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, any who seek after God. They have all turned aside, together they have become corrupt; there is none who does good, not even one. Now, a little bit of a note here. That's quite the picture of humanity. Well, that exact picture of humanity is picked up by the apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy uh, of the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 3 in basically describing what is called the doctrine of original sin and how there is none who is righteous what Brian Houston has just done with this text is criminal because he's making it sound like god's looking for the person who can just get their stuff together and will you be that one no that's not what this text is teaching at all <clears throat> Romans chapter 3, starting at verse 9, and then you'll note how it picks up this psalm. What then? Are we Jews any better off? Well, no, and not at all. We have already charged that all. That's both Jews and Greeks. They are under sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That is a a description of all of humanity because of sin going back to the sin of adam and eve adam and eve and each of us are born dead in trespasses and sins none of us is righteous and this is then does not say therefore try hard to be that one man that god can look to uh, that he that finally has got his act together that no 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 romans 3 continues in verse 19 now we there we know that what the law says It speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and so that the whole world may be held accountable to God. You see, by works of the law, no human being will be declared righteous in God's sight since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. You see, the purpose of that description in Psalm 14, which gets picked up in Romans 3, of sinful humanity is so that we can come to the knowledge that we are sinful and unclean and in need of a saviour romans three twenty one goes on to say then, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets they bear witness to it. the righteousness of God that is through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift of the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as an atoning sacrifice by his blood to be received by faith. Mm -hmm. So that picture then is a call then to recognize that we are sinners in need of a Savior, and the solution then is repentance and faith in Christ and through what Jesus has done for us, by bleeding and dying and rising again on the third day for our sins and for our justifications, makes it so that we can have peace with God. But what Brian Houston has done with Psalm 14 here, it's criminal. It's as if he doesn't recognize at all that this is one of the primary texts that is used in the New Testament by the Holy Spirit to show that all of us are in need of a Savior. Wow. Let me back this up just a smudge so that uh, you can hear him twist this text again. Here we go.
11: That in this beautiful, beautiful Psalm, Psalm 14, verse 2, in the message, it talks like this: it says, God sticks his head out of heaven, he looks around, he's looking for someone not stupid. Anyone here? Anyone? <laughs> Of course, you're not stupid. One man, even God-expected. Just one God-ready woman. You know, I preached this a couple of weeks ago, and it got me excited.
0: You have no clue what Psalm 14 is about. Wow. Yet he's casting vision here and claiming to be guided by the Holy Spirit and all the marketing and stuff that he's doing for Hillsong this year.
1: Just
11: one man. Was God expectant? Are you going to be that man? Just one. Oh man,
0: unbelievable!
11: God, ready woman? Are you going to be that woman? Psalmist David he made it very clear in Psalm sixty-two verse five, where he says he waits silently for God alone, not silent in all these other voices, but silent for God alone because he said his expectation is from him where's your expectation in 2018 is it yeah
0: i'm sorry psalm 62 5 again quoted out of context let's put context into it psalm 62 verse 1 for god alone my soul waits in silence for him from him comes my salvation and my salvation my fortress i shall not be shaken on god rests my salvation and my glory my mighty rock my refuge is god yeah brian houston here ripping these verses out of context he's making no effort at all to rightly handle what these texts say and to reveal that what these texts really truly say And help us understand it, he's purposely twisting these texts, ripping them from their context, and weaving them into a tapestry of complete narcissistic deceit.
11: Built in faith or is it built in fear? Are you believing for the best or are you believing for the worst? Maybe in your part of the world, wherever you guys are, the political situation is a little unsteady. Let's not put our expectation there. Maybe the economy's not where it should be. Let's not put our expectation there. Let's not put our expectation and the rumblings and the grumblings around and about us. Let's not a, let our expectation be built by the smallness or the negativity in our own soul. Our expectation is from Him. Do you know when yeah, the narrative of your expectation is built on the right premise and the right premise is the word of God we build our expectation on the promise of God on the word of God we build our expectation
0: yeah that's weird because the promise of God that was discussed in Psalm 62 was our salvation yeah not some great thing that's supposed to happen to us in 2018 the more that we're supposed to get from God yeah nope. this guy is slick
11: on the will of God. Amen. This is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us according to his will. So expectation built on the will of God because expectation, I've seen it over and over again in my own life.
0: Yeah, Psalm 62 is not about expectation unless the thing you're expecting is salvation from God.
11: Expectation becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, if in that sense, you believe that godly hope, which is confident expectation and godly faith, really, really can bring about the purpose of God. It's like you're prophesying into your own future. When in
0: two th- no, it's not. That's not at all what Scripture teaches. Prophesying into your own future—it's nonsense.
11: And three, I wrote a vision for our church church that i now see and then in 2014 turned it into the church that i now see we needed the change because i don't think it was just a dream or a vision being written way back then it was actually a self-fulfilling prophecy
0: self-fulfilling prophecy not a god fulfilled prophecy a self-fulfilling prophecy what a load of nonsense this is malarkey we're living in the blessing of what we saw back then
11: and now in 2014 we're believing God for so much more. Why? Because there is more. We're living larger. We're expecting greater. And we're digging deeper. What is it that would make us want to dig deeper in life? It's not success.
0: It's not popularity. It's not happiness. So the next uh, apostolic declaration he's making for Hillsong... We need to be digging deeper. And I think he means digging deeper into your pockets to give more money to Hillsong.
11: Not wealth. That's not even writing on our gifts and talents. I don't think those are the things that cause people to dig deeper. I preached on the third Sunday in January about the things that make you dig deeper into the things of God. And often it's things like pain. It's things like loss or our weakness or hunger. Those are the things where we get dependent on the Holy Spirit and we just have to dig deeper. And I don't know how you feel about pain. None of us like it, that's for sure. But I do believe pain can be power and that God turns up in pain, that the pain of the cross becomes the power of the resurrection. I do believe that pain can be God's megaphone, which is how C.S. Lewis described it. And why is it God's megaphone? Because you'll hear the voice of God. During the challenges of this year, oftentimes so much more than you will in the highs of this year. And it would be wrong for me to pretend that people here, there's not going to be some pain and some challenge and some affliction and adversity during this year. But if those things cause you to dig deeper, you're going to find more of God than you've ever known. You see, pain is not fatal and it's not final. If we just trust God and trust God and his word. The reason there's pain in the world is because of sin. First time pain was ever mentioned was when God said to the woman after the fall that in pain you will give birth. You think there's no good in pain? Then just think about the bond between a woman and her baby that's born in pain. You see, God does show up in pain. and. The word of God does become a megaphone. David talked about his affliction over and over in Psalm 119. And he said things like this, that in my affliction, your word has given me life. In other words, your word has come more alive to me in this affliction than it's ever been before. He also said before my affliction, I was led astray. It took affliction, he says, to now keep God's word. He also said it was good for me. It was good for me. That I was afflicted. Oftentimes it takes a long time for us to see how the challenges in our life could be good for us. But I can reflect back and talk about becoming a better husband, a better father, a better person, a better pastor, a better friend. Through some of the trials and pain I've had. So even the pain is not going to be wasted because God has more. And there is more for you on the other side of that pain. I mentioned how athletes, they train in pain. Pre-season is spelt P-A-I-N. They train in pain so they can play in pain. And then they'll keep playing through the pain. And they're still playing after the pain. And what happens is it increases their capacity. I believe God wants to increase your capacity. And it's your capacity for pain that determines your potential for growth. So don't forget it, friend. Pain is not authorized to destroy you. It is authorized to empower you, to make you, to build you, living larger, expecting greater, digging deeper, and we are going further.
0: Glory to yeah. They're now going to go further. Yeah. Okay.
11: In the church, glory to God and the Messiah in Jesus. Glory down the generations. You know our church is in many ways seen. I guess at least three different generations, depending on how you count a generation. We're all one generation because we're all here and alive at the same time. And so don't think I'm not part of your generation. I'm here. I'm breathing. (laughs) Ha-ha. I'm part of your generation too. (laughs) So Bobby and I last weekend celebrated 40 years since we moved from New Zealand to Australia. That, to me, actually was the most significant celebration this, year, this week. I have had my birthday, wedding, wedding anniversary, is important. But hey, <laughs> it's because God had so much in his heart, more than we had in our heart, when we moved to Australia. Australia, for us, has been just the greatest testimony of the exceeding, abundant, and above. Yeah. Anything we could ever ask or think, our wildest dreams. And I look at that because... Even though Hillsong Church was founded when Bobby and I moved out here to the hills in 1983, we were actually part of what then was Sydney C- CLC, which is now our city campus, since right back in 1978, 40 years ago. So we're the longest standing staff members at Hillsong Church. Not one of you have been here as long as me. And... Uh, I'm thinking about that because the generations, and I thought about some of the generational leadership in Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Saul, David, Solomon. And as I'm thinking about that, I see Saul as an example of leading by insecurity, which brought devastation. And Saul was a mentor for David and how not to lead, how not to rule. And then I think about David, who is an example of passion and a heart for God. And even though, he had a fall. His heart for God increased. He was a man who won battles with a warrior's passion. And he loved God with a worshiper's heart. What an example David is. And then there's Solomon. Solomon is an example of wisdom. He started out by saying, God, give me wisdom that I may lead these great people of yours. And he was obviously a builder. He was the one who built the house of God. Interestingly, he took seven years to build the house of God and 13 years to build his own house. You see, somewhere along the way, Solomon brought his wisdom, which came from heaven. He asked God for it down below the sun. So in Ecclesiastes, he keeps talking about the frustration and the futility and the emptiness that is under the sun. In other words, here in the earthly realm. And I just believe for us to go further, if we're a Solomon generation and I feel... That we are in many ways.
0: A uh, Solomon generation? What is that? We're going to have the
11: passion in the heart of David. We're going to learn that we're, so we don't have the insecurities of Saul. But I believe we can have the godly wisdom and the building spirit to go further, much further. And by us as a church, I'm also speaking to you personally. But if we're going to go further, we can't be living under the sun. Over 40 years, you learn a lot of expertise. Our team have got such expertise in songwriting. But expertise comes from under the sun. A passion for God, a heart for God, hearing the heart of heaven and tunes of heaven, that comes from above the sun. That's where we go further. God's got so much more for us. And it's the truth in so many other ways. I mean... We've learned a lot about building church. We've been doing it 40 years. We've got a lot of expertise in how to
0: build a church family. Sure does talk a lot about himself. And every time he touches a biblical text, mangles it. That's not a good sign.
11: Some of the things we need to be doing, but expertise is not how Jesus said the church should be built. If we go just from out, we know, under the sun... We're not going to enter into the more, into the further God has for us. We've got to keep getting where the master builder is, at the right hand of the Father, and make sure that it's he who is building
0: his church, and we're along. Yeah, um, could you explain how that happens? Yeah, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. God makes the church, creates the church, builds the church through the preaching of the gospel.
11: For the ride in Jesus' name. And so, when it comes to the way we live our lives, are we living by the word of God and the standards set in heaven? Or are we compromising and just living according to the standards under the sun?
0: Or the standards that he just makes up in his own head, you know? Yeah.
11: We're going to go further. So we're going to go further in the presence of God. We believe there's more transformation. We believe there's more of God's presence. We believe there's more intimacy with Christ. We believe that this year there's going to be more victories in the battle. We're believing this year
0: there's going to be more wisdom, godly wisdom, more knowledge, more understanding. All kinds of more stuff. Why? Because Brian Houston said so. Which doesn't make any sense. Believing in Jesus' name, that there's
11: going to be more answered prayer, there's going to be more miraculous testimony, there's going to be more of the goodness of God, there's going to be more of all He's called you to. Oh, I could get excited about this year in vision. So I wrote the church that I now see in 2014. And there wouldn't be Vision Sunday if we didn't... Just tell you of a few things that we're believing for and the days to come.
0: And I was reflecting on the church. That- Cue sappy music. This is an emotional manipulation technique, at least in this sense, designed to create the false impression that, uh, that God has given Brian Houston a vision. And these are the things they're believing for through God's, the Holy Spirit's guidance for 2018.
11: Now see, and just a couple of excerpts from it. It starts the church i see as a global church
0: <laughs> i see a- the church has been global for a long time oh he's talking about hillsong <laughs> it, it, weird he isn't it strange that hillsong is uh well the only church he's talking about rather than the church universal
11: family one house one church with many rooms outworking a unified vision It goes on along that line. Well, do you know, in 2014, when we had Vision Sunday, we were in 13 countries, 46 different campuses and locations, and we had 102 services. That's four years ago. This year, the 13 countries has become 21 countries and six more who are watching on in live stream, including China. The... uh, 46 locations has become 111 campuses. The 102 services have become 251. Four years from 102 services like this service and the one where you are to 251, there is more. See, this is the thing. Lifting your expectation is a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's coming true before our very eyes. And then I talked about, The church I see is a worshiping church. See, that proves he's a real prof. No, it doesn't. Whose songs reflect such a passion for Christ that others sense his magnificence and power, a distinct sound that emanates from a healthy church, contagious in spirit, creating music that resounds from villages and tribes to the great cities and nations. Well, you know, our worship and our songs are penetrating more than ever, ever before. It's incredible when you count in the multiplied millions, the streaming, the happening of Hillsong Worship songs. It's incredible on uh, an outward level that our church, Hillsong Worship, through a song written by Brooke Ledgerwood and Ben Fielding, won a Grammy. And of course, it's not about that, but what an encouragement. But Michael Guy Chislett, who is the producer of so much of our wonderful worship, and these two people you can see on the screen right now, and we congratulate them. And has there ever been a church win a Grammy before? I don't know. All I know is there is more. All I know is that when you write with expectation, it becomes self-fulfilling
0: prophecy if it's built in the If you write with expectation, it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. No biblical text. Says that
11: of God and in the Word of God, and then I wrote, "I see a church that is constantly innovative, a church that leads the communication of a timeless message through media, film, and technology, a church with a message beamed to people around the globe through their television screens, bringing Jesus into homes, palaces, and prisons alike." Well, can I tell you that was 2014? We had no idea that by June 2016. We would literally have a 24-hour channel all around the globe.
0: And even as I speak... Thanks to Trinity Broadcasting Network, yeah. Still, there's new things being added to the way we are
11: taking the gospel through television and media around the world. We've added whole new carriers, which has added millions of homes, and now we've got Hillsong Channel now. We're on demand. People can unload or download all of those. There's just so many ways. I don't know. You don't even look excited. I mean, we wrote that not knowing a channel was going to come our way. I find that exciting. I find that worth getting praising God
0: for. Yes, sir. I can't praise God for it because that means 24-7 bazillions of homes around the planet are being, well, poisoned by this false doctrine and Bible twisting.
11: It's a blessing you sit there not in New York, not in London, not in Phoenix, not there, no, not at all. Well, I've got a little bit more here, won't take a whole lot of time, but this one's kind of got announcements in it. I see a church with a world-class college. Our students are back in class. That raises, equips, and empowers generations of young anointed leaders from across the globe. Graduates who serve, look, I'm pleased to be able to announce that. For the first time ever this year, through Hillsong College, we're able to move on from diploma level courses in our partnership with Alpha Cruces now under Hillsong College's own banner. We also can offer degree and master education, which ultimately can lead on for people into PhDs and higher expectations. That's an amazing miracle. Amazing miracle when you look at where the college has come from. This is big. We're already having conversations and looking seriously at fall in the USA 2019, opening a USA campus of Hillsong College. So, yeah. It's going to be in Phoenix. And the reason for Phoenix is we've already got the facilities there. And Pastor Terry and Judith Crest are already saying, hey, you're welcome to use our Mesa campus and you'll see there on the screen some of the amazing, amazing facilities. That building there, I think, is pretty well going to be designated for the college. So we don't know exactly what that will look like yet. It may involve doing a year or two years in Australia first and then choosing whether you want to go on to further study here in Australia or over there in Phoenix. And even more preliminary, we've been talking to TBN, our partners in Christian television, about a Hillsong Film and TV school In Orange County in California Where people can learn on the job On many many Christian channels that are already there It's a big Days for Hillsong College And as I think about it I look at the, the boss over here Of Hillsong College And he's losing hair every day <laughs> Pastor Leroy Burns I think it's awesome I really do because there's more We've never called to stop still we're going to keep moving forward. And so sometimes over the years we've announced, well, we're going to start this year in this city. But this year I want to talk about nine cities. Because things are ramping up. Things are ramping up. So let's just tell you. Already now in Milan, in Italy, there is a presence, Hillsong presence with people on the ground and only a couple of weeks ago, there was a worship night there with just under a thousand people in Milan, in Italy, which is an incredible story, it really is. And so during the course of this year, we're going to ramp that up and there will be Hillsong Milan and then on top of that, we're looking seriously and I'll tell you more detail over the next couple of days at Berlin and so... By the end of this year, there will be a Hillsong Berlin in Germany, which is pretty exciting. And Then, also, I've had in my heart for quite a long time, Canada, and I get so many people, what about Canada, what about Canada? So, during the course of this year, we're believing to
0: start in... This is like the State of the Union address for Hillsong? ...in Canada, Hillsong Canada, Hillsong
11: Canada. And here's a new one for you. You already know that Chris and Lucy Mendez, our pastors in South and Central America, they already have thousands of people in Sao Paulo, in Brazil, and in Buenos Aires, and Argentina. And this coming year, we're going to start moving toward opening a Mexico campus in Monterrey. In Monterrey, Mexican flag.
0: Yeah, how, how much of the Bible did they hear in this sermon? Like almost none and all of it was twisted for it that's a faith flag that's confident expectation and so monterey
11: monterey is the fastest growing city in mexico it's a business hub there's many universities there it's the perfect place and under chris and lucy there's already a couple marked out who are former college students who i think is going to do an incredible job in mexico and then also new york city have done big plans already and already a Branching up into Boston and a couple that came from here actually, originally, Josh Kimes and his wife Leona, they are moving to Boston as far as I know and Hillsong, Boston will be a reality this year in the USA and then through Hillsong, London, Hillsong, UK, those guys are exploding because already there's meetings happening, gatherings happening in Edinburgh in Scotland and the goal of course is very soon for Hillsong, UK, to be in Edinburgh, in Scotland. And then Reuben and Sarah Morgan are already in Northern England and they are starting in Liverpool in England. You know where it's at. You know where it's at. And then another couple who have been here and at a greater Western Sydney have moved over to the UK. James is from the UK and they are starting Hillsong UK in Birmingham. So we are spreading, spreading, spreading. And of course...
0: Yeah, spreading like a virus. Yeah, a virus that's literally taking over the church and plunging it into a very, very strong delusion. Yeah, that's pretty much the end of the sermon. So, what'd you think? I'm depressed now. Yeah, Bible twisting and with with a lot of glitz and glamour and uh, Hillsong's uh, penchant for uh, spectacle is going to be taking over the world. That's pretty much how I interpreted that. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkback at fightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter, my name there at PyroChristian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you, and the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ is vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.